If you wanna be somebody, if you wanna go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. Hey everybody, this is Jasmine Vale, and you're listening to Wake Up. Sweet, flavorful, raw, and a little unprocessed. We'll all be sharing things that are being carved into my life, highlighting voices, and diving into who Jesus really is. So, I'm excited because we're here with Hannah Long, and she's one of my best friends, and she's also one of the most intelligent human beings I've probably ever met, the way that she thinks across every level of thinking is impressive. We do it together. Together, yes. Um, But I'm excited for you guys to hear a little bit what she has to say about the concept of composting in a spiritual sense, but also in a physical sense, because it's always good to compost. I actually don't know if I'm a professional composter. Oh, well, you live in Seattle, so... sense. I'm learning. You're learning. Yeah. We're all learning. Uh, so that's kind of the main question I want to ask Hannah today, is what are her thoughts on composting? <laughs> what are my thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? How does it apply in someone's life? In a spiritual way. (laughs) Well, it's nervous. Well, I kind of wanted to bounce back and forth. I know. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm just going. Um, Principle of composting is we felt like Holy Spirit was talking about the principle of composting and essentially like the concept of fruit in our life. Like, we want the Holy Spirit bears fruit in our life, and we want to be able to exhibit or, like, manifest the kingdom of God in our day-to-day lives, which we would call fruit. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was talking about how, like, fruit has, like, when a fruit grows on a tree, like, a variety of things happen to it. And sometimes it you pick it and you eat it. Other times you give it away. Other times... It falls to the ground, no one eats it, and it goes back into the soil and, like, composts and makes the soil, like, it works on tending the soil. Um, So I felt like that's a piece of, like, understanding what fruit is useful for and how it functions because it's not always, like, for me to eat or for someone else to eat, but there is an element that's, like, unseen where it goes back in to the soil and, like there's a richness that comes in like future harvest when we're able to receive that as something that God is doing instead of thinking that's wasted. Whoa. I think what that made me, or that made me think of also is I've heard the fruit of the spirit be used a lot of the time. I want to go back to all the things that you just said, (laughs) because I feel like they're jam packed jam as in fruit. Mm packed um but also but I feel like this is relevant um I've heard a lot of people be like oh I need patience or I need to grow like I need patience or I need to be I just need to be have self-control I need to have the fruit of the spirit like things that you're going to generate in yourself right and there's this concept of like contriving 
Like you're trying to contrive it. To like create within yourself. Yes. Instead of just being. Yes. Well, even like asking for, from the Lord for patience or asking. Right. To me, that's, or I didn't use it. I used Lord, to think this. I was, like, I was like, yeah, I need, I'm not a, um, I need patience. So I'm going to ask the Lord for patience right. versus, oh, this is one of the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> Who is already inside of me. Right. Interesting. And when he's the seed planted. <laughs> Amen. I feel and like I that feel- applies to the gifts too. Yes. Like when it's like, oh, what gift do you have of the spirit? Or like, I really want discernment or I really want prophecy. And it's like, if you read it, Holy Spirit is the gift and everything comes from him. So all the gifts are also fruit in that sense, because you already have the gift. Like that, you're not okay, going to get a that, gift. That would be very interesting to explore with the concept of composting also. Mm-hmm. Like how your gift is yeah, used yeah. and the way that you use your gift. Um, like when you get information from Holy Spirit that's not relevant to a situation or that you don't know what to do with. Right. And there's actually value in it because it's developing richness in the unseen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes you say something and it just, there's nothing else to say because it's just that good. Mic drop? Yeah. Don't drop the mic though. I won't. That's why it's held up by this mechanical arm. <laughs> Praise God. Anyways. Okay. Where were we? We were talking about fruit. And how it's contrived. But it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I think also there's like something about composting where if you believe that fruit is supposed to be contrived, then you can't, it like breaks the cycle of composting because you don't understand that it's like coming from something too. Yeah. Oh, ooh. the other thing that it also made me just think of mm-hmm. is... Sometimes, or almost always, your gift is for you bef- also. Like, it's equally. F- it's equally for, for you gift, and for other people. If your gift was only for other people, then God would be using you for his own agenda. And God doesn't use people. Well, God is love. Amen. Love doesn't use people. So, I'm excited. Because we're here with Hannah Long, and she's one of my best friends, and she's also one of the most intelligent human beings I've probably ever met, the way that she thinks across every level of thinking is impressive. We do it together. Together. Yes. Um, but I'm excited for you guys to hear a little bit. Enjoy something, but we are trying to like change something, so if you don't want... like. I always hated when I was a kid I always hated like when people would kick down mm-hmm. the towers because I'd be like why wouldn't you just take it apart piece by piece mm-hmm. you know <laughs> which is a lot more work right I just personally... I was the kid that pushed it down so <laughs> <laughs> it's more efficient I'll give you that but I think and it wasn't at risk of breaking if you kicked it down because it was probably made to do that but anyway 
if you pick if you pick something apart piece by piece, it takes a lot longer and it's harder, but you can also rebuild with it. And you understand the pieces better when you break them down carefully, which I think is relevant to like the concept of deconstruction. That's good too. I also think it also sheds light on how sustainable God is when he is describing that the fruit of the spirit or the gifts of the spirit Mm -hmm. are like the concept of composting Mm -hmm. and equal share between yourself and what you have to give to people. Right. Or what people are receiving just actually you being you. It was actually thirds because it was like, I eat some of my fruit, other people eat some of my fruit, and then other fruit neither of us enjoy, but it goes back into the soil. Can you talk more about that? Not enjoying the there's fruit that you produce that you won't enjoy, but it is good. I don't really understand it yet, but I think that. I mean, if you think about a tree, you see that like things fall off and they go into the ground. Actually, sometimes they like feed other like wildlife and stuff too. But I think that there is something to be said. Like we were thinking about this because of the parable of the sower, and it talks about like what kind of soil you are. And I felt like God was talking about the importance of tending soil. Mm -hmm. And part of that is composting. And like, if you're the tree and you're planted in this soil, like a piece of that is allowing what you carry to like run its natural course. Even if you don't see that benefit you right now or see someone else benefit from that right now, like not everything that you produce is meant to be given away or taken by yourself. It's just like being who you are. And like when you exemplify the Holy Spirit in you, there will be pieces that you don't see fruit right now. And like all of Hebrews 11 is like that. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these people like goes on forever. And then it's like all of these people didn't see the fruit of what they were believing right. for, which is crazy. Like none of them. And I'm like, dang, I saw fruit yesterday from something. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty good. You know, and then I'll like wait for three years for something and I'll be like, Lord, I'm never seeing fruit, you know, and I'm like, I have a whole lifetime and some people die without seeing fruit of like obedience, you know, and faith. But I think that the richness of it, I think it actually develops like connectedness with God because that's the point is connecting with him. So like, even if we don't see output existing in like creating fruit. And letting whatever happens happen is part of, like, relational connection. Because you're just being. That's good. Also, that made me think of when, like, fruit's created that is sick. Mm-hmm. Or, like, just bad fruit. And... I don't actually know, bad, bad, bad (laughs) apple, but I don't know how that, I don't know how, if that fruit, I don't know anything about composting, so I should probably, yeah. It actually gets redeemed, basically. So when it's composted. It redeems bad fruit also. The compost does? Yeah, because you can It gives it another opportunity to produce a good batch. Or just to become something different. Hmm. Because... In compost, like half the time, I mean, I don't actually use our compost for a garden, but I think what happens is you put all your food scraps in there and then they do rot. They sit in a bag or Mm -hmm. in a pile of dirt and it rots in there. And this is true, I guess, with like 
trees and stuff like when they fall and then they rot and they like merge back into soil but I think it's like even if someone thing is rotten to begin with it all ends up the same in composting because you put it in a bag and it sits there for a while or you put it in soil and it sits there for a while and then it's able to become something like that's actually nourishing to the soil when we sit in it or like when we let it just be like if you tried to hide your rotten fruit then you would never actually grow from it or like experience richness and depth. It would never go toward like a deeper connection or like the well-being of the tree because you've tried to like remove it. Like if we try and remove rotten fruit. Mm -hmm. If we were to be like, let me put this in a bag and throw it over here, you know, trash it or something mm -hmm. instead of just let it fall. Right. What would that look like? What has that looked like in your life? Well, Personal. I think <laughs> what I'm starting to realize is that it's like when I used to think that people needed, I used to think I had to be perfect, not in like a perfectionist sense, but in like a competency sense where mm -hmm. like I thought that I need to be able to do everything on my own and like figure everything out on my own and independent too. Like I just need to have it together and be able to like, in my relationship with God, I thought I needed to have it all together and be able to help other people and be a light, you know, mm -hmm. like in college and stuff. And I think as I keep growing older and like the more that I like hear testimony and like walk with friends through stuff, I'm like, oh, I actually don't need to be perfect. And it's probably better if I just expose, you know, and like sit in hard things or like pain instead of trying to get rid of it or cover it up or move it to the side so I can keep being a good Christian, you know? Like, it's actually more important to exist fully. Like, exist where you are, how you are, whether it's rotten or not. Because if you, like, only when you actually choose to step into those, like, harder places can you actually grow from them. And if we don't know they're happening, then that just means that they're happening and we're not aware of it which also doesn't help because we're trying to be something other than we are, which I think is where I was at for a long time. I remember like prayer requests. Jazz was my small group leader. <laughs> and I was telling her the other day that when I was a freshman in college, I would always like be stressed out during the prayer request time because I'd be like, I have no prayer requests, but I don't want to sound like arrogant or like I already have everything together. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I know I need God. <laughs> But I didn't have enough awareness of myself to be like, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm experiencing pain. Here's where I want God to be like more present in my life. And I think now that's like a much easier question to answer because I've asked for awareness too. But I think that like choosing to step in is part of the process of like letting rotten things rot. <laughs> like not trying to make them something else and like allowing yourself to receive from even the like broken and like painful things I think that's super good also <laughs> letting it rot um that made me think of like the options that we have when we do produce rotten fruit yeah is like like I've definitely had seasons in my life where I've been rotten or bitter because of You mean hurt. your fruit was. Yeah, my fruit was. Yeah, yeah, my fruit, my fruit. You've been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Good. 
yeah, my fruit was rotten and bitter. And I just kept feeding it to people <laughs> instead of like, like when you're just trying to be like, a productive Christian. Well, one, I was like, I don't want this back in my system. I don't want, I don't want this to rot in the you soil. You mean like sharing with people because you didn't want it to like rot or what do you mean by feeding it to other people? Um, I think, okay. So some fruit, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware that it was rotting. Okay. So then I would feed it to people because it was fruit. And on the outside, it looked super good. On the inside, it was super Worms. bitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of that is learning how to listen to which fruit should drop and go through the process of composting. Like discernment? Yeah. But also listening. Like, listen, that is, I would say discernment is listening. I think it's um, a specific type of listening. Listening, I think discernment is like listening to the character of things. So like if you're discerning between spirits, it's like, is this the Holy Spirit or is this a different kind of Mm -hmm. spirit? What character does the spirit have? Yeah. If it's fruit, like, is this good fruit? It's not like trying to figure out if it's fruit. You already know, but it's like, is this fruit good? Is it not? Or like when you have a dream and you're trying to interpret it. It's looking at what's on the inside, not what you're observing. Yeah. Or like when you're in a dream, when people interpret dreams, one of our friends was like, yeah, I always ask myself how I'm feeling during my dreams. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that actually adds so much clarity because you can feel if it's a positive or a negative. And sometimes those don't align with what's knows. going on. But your feeling actually adds insight. So I feel like it's like a second love, second dimension or level of understanding. That's like, what's the quality of this? Is it good or yes. bad? Is it this or that? And yes, so you can what's the quality? Mm-hmm. I think part of that comes also through uh, listening to people that are eating your fruit because right. feedback if the impact that your fruit is having is right. pain or painful or hurtful yeah um i think that's an indicator of like oh maybe i should explore more whether the what's coming of out of this me fruit. yeah <laughs> what is coming out of me because it's impacting people in a way that is harmful. Yeah. And, and I think... Go. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, how do you do that? Because sometimes I feel like when people give feedback, it is accurate. And sometimes when people give feedback, it's out of their own pain. Right. So how do you distinguish, like, when you're receiving feedback? I think part of it is... Well, one, community. I think right. being around people and in community is really important for receiving feedback and giving feedback. Right. And because if I'm giving a random person a fruit that I give my best friend every day, I'm like... Kind of whack. <laughs> like, and then I'm perceived in a specific way um, by someone who doesn't necessarily understand. You mean like you give me kind, of, me kind of specific feedback? Yes. Versus other people you would not give the same depth of feedback? Yes. Yeah. But also the, like, determining whether or not they're acting out of pain in their feedback is also a listening of the Holy Spirit, but also listening to your close community. Yeah. Because there's discernment there, too. Right. I think for me, it's, I think I've had um, points in my life where I've become defensive, um, 
after someone has given me feedback or mm-hmm. really fragile when someone has given me feedback. I can relate. And in my mind, how I picture that in my mind basically is someone eats my fruit and they spit it out. And then they throw the apple at me. And I'm like, why are you throwing my apple? I just <laughs> you gave do? you an apple. But it, it is, it wasn't a good experience for them because either something in them was like a reject to apples in that moment. No apples. <laughs> or my apple was rotten. Um, so then it's like a discovery process too. Right. Well, and it's like if people Sherlock. do throw it back, that's still an opportunity to compost your apple. Right. versus you throwing the apple at them again at them again yeah that's <laughs> that's a really good point yeah isn't that a game still an apple core or something you like throw the apple core at someone hot potato no 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 <laughs> i don't know i didn't really grow up here so. <laughs> not from here not from here not from here um apple core. yeah that okay i have another question about soil mm-hmm because I think that's really important to explore, especially in Luke 8, when it talks about sowing and the seed. And it mm-hmm. talks about how the seed is the word of God. Right. And it lands on specific kind of soils. Um, so what is what would you say that looks like with composting? I think we should break down, break down break the down. word <laughs> composting a little bit more. Um, practically like what does that actually mean like if you were to get like for your fruit to actually bear be repurposed yeah in your soil be repurposed what does that mean like and what does that actually how do you actually do that well I feel like it has to do with like the type of heart that God wants us to have Mm -hmm. like a soft heart and a tender heart and like Mm -hmm. one that is open And I feel like the soil represents our heart in a lot of ways because it's like what you're cultivating and like where things grow out of. Like even in, I think it's Luke 7 maybe, it talks about like out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So like Mm -hmm. everything that we do like flows from our heart in that sense. And I think that the goal is to develop a heart that is receptive to the word of God and moves based on the word of God and receives him like as he is instead of trying to make him something else or make him something that benefits us or like protect ourselves from him or not want to share like I think it's about creating a space where we can connect with him Mm -hmm. in a way that's like increasingly closer just like a relationship and I think that that in this analogy of soil being like your heart, it has to do with like, if you're farming, you want the soil to have like a richness. You want it to have a specific mineral content. You want it to have, um, like nitrogen, I think I'm like trying to think back to biology. Like you need to have water, all this stuff, right. goes into cultivating a soil that has like richness. And part of that is like, you know, even bad stuff, like people put poop in there and it helps, you know, (laughs) you're like, that's interesting. That grows my food. I don't know how I feel about that, Mm -hmm. but it's like all sorts of things that like flow into creating good soil. So when we think about like something rotten or, you know, like shit, like you actually want it in your soil because it creates something that can grow better. And I think that has to do with like 
leaving the analogy. I think it has to do with like allowing yourself to experience things that suck sometimes and things that hurt and that are hard because you're actually cultivating a space in your heart where you can hold what God is trying to like say. And if we're not, I think that also has to do with authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like if we're not real with where we're at or where what God is saying, then we can't receive the fullness of what he's trying to say. And I think when it comes to brokenness, especially it's like about compassion. So like you want, we want our hearts to be, I want my heart to be compassionate and I want to be able to hold space for myself and for other people. And so I think for me, it's looked a lot like creating space to be able to hold more of other people and like receive them as they are and to be able to hold more of God and receive him as he is. But that's still kind of... That kind of made me... I mean, thanks for sharing that. That was, like, really good. Um, you don't have to say that every time. Okay, okay. But it was good. Thanks. Um, I keep hearing the word propagate because I know uh-huh. that you pro- just propagated a leaf. Allie Jr., named Allie after Jr. my sister. Shout out to Allie. Shout out. Um, but that kind of made me think about... And I don't fully... I haven't fully developed this thought. But that's what we're here for. I think it's connected to empathy, mm-hmm. like your heart being a space where mm-hmm. if there is, if you allow shit or rotten fruit to Manure, decompo- <laughs> decompose, uh-huh. um, I think it really. I think there's some roots inside of every human being that have been broken. Yeah. And when your heart is open to that kind of space where you've moved through negative emotions and negative experiences, it allows connection with other root systems too. Right. Um, where people can actually feel felt because right. the soil that you're producing in your heart yeah. is not rejecting negative experiences. And I think to varying degrees too, because I know like in my process, I've been like on the later end of our friends who have gone through the process of like recognizing my own brokenness and like working through healing and like wanting to be a wholehearted and integrated person, like even with negative emotions. I've been on the later end of that. So I feel like even I've experienced like sitting with you, for example, like when you're going through stuff, And my ability to, like, sit with you in those spaces has increased as I've, like, explored more. Because for a while, I was like, I can do a solid 30 minutes of empathizing, you know? Which is, like, that was a lot for me. Because growing up, I was like, don't talk to me if you're crying, you know? Like, (laughs) kind of intense. (laughs) But I just didn't have any empathy because I thought that I was fine all the time. So then of course I never, you know, needed to like have compassion for myself or for anyone. I was like, well, why can't you just be fine? I'm fine. You know? Mm. And so then when I was like really trying, it was like 30 minutes of like being available emotionally to someone and like supportive in a way that's connected and not like me saying something that I don't feel. So I feel like as I've, you know, like explored, like, okay, where are the places where I'm actually broken? What are the wounds that I've experienced? And like, there's also like varying magnitudes of that, which I think is important. But at the same time, if we're not exploring any of like 
where we're at or like where we've experienced pain, then we're not going to be able to connect with someone else in their pain to the same degree. So it's like creating space in myself to be able to hold more also. Like if I want to be a person of compassion, then I need to be able to like hold suffering. And I feel like it's increasing that capacity by choosing to step into places that don't feel good for me also. And actually first. That's good. That's painful. Yeah. Stepping into your own brokenness is very painful. Why would you say it's worth it? I think it's worth it because the amount of connection that I've experienced because I've chosen to hold suffering is so much deeper. And like before I thought that I was connected to someone, like I don't know how to describe it without a visual. Before I used to think that I was connected to someone if we like shared information. Like, Mm -hmm. here's what I'm hearing from God. What are you hearing from God? And here is what I learned today. What what did you learn today? Here's my prayer request. What's your prayer request? And now it's like, those things are still part of connection, but there's also like way more depth because it's like, I'm actually open to the other person while I'm sharing, which before I wouldn't have said I was closed off, but I guess now that I'm not, I'm experiencing this like, resilience and connection that's I didn't know existed because I've like allowed other people to see me where I'm like not really okay and I've also chosen to stay with other people when they're not really okay like stay connected to them so it's like this growth and resilience because I'm like it doesn't really I don't know what you know trauma is going to be unveiled or I don't know what is going to come up tomorrow or today even but I don't need to because I, like, I trust our connection way stronger because we've tested it, you know, and, like, chosen to stay. So I feel like it's one thing to choose to stay in a relationship when it's superficial or when it's beginning even. But if you continue to choose to stay, that's where connection feels strong. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. And I also think that as I'm building connection with people... If I didn't build a capacity to hold suffering, I would only be able to be friends with people who are like me, who didn't have, you know, over major trauma, who lived relatively privileged lives growing up and, you know, work their white collar jobs and come home to their dog or something. You know, like I wouldn't be able to care because I wouldn't have chosen to care about myself or about other people. So I feel like that's worth it to me. Because that's what Jesus did. Amen. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> that was just, amen. 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 It is worth it. And I feel why, like... Yeah, what do you think? Like, why is it worth it to you? Um, I think it's worth it one for the connectedness, but mm-hmm. also for the authenticity piece. Yeah. Like being real. Right. Because it's real. Because right. it's real. Well, like and you look back and you're like, people like if I didn't share myself, if I didn't know myself enough to share myself, people didn't even know me. Right. And that's sad. Yeah. That has been sad. Yeah. But it's also like, I didn't know. 
there was more to me at the time. And now I do. So it's like, I mean, I'll probably feel this way when I'm 50, looking back and being like, man, she did not even know. <laughs> like, I'm sure I'll feel like that at every stage, but I think that's cool because it's a sign of growth too, even though there's like a grieving yeah. process of like, dang, that could have been different. Yeah. I also think it's worth it because the disagreeing with like mm, harm, like causing harm or... Like choosing not to. Yeah. Right. Like to be safe. Yeah. It's worth it to be safe. A safe person. To become a safe person. Why is it important to become a safe person? To me? Yeah. <laughs> mm. I think for me, uh, well, it's on multiple levels that being a safe person, but even for myself, being mm-hmm. a safe person is really important on multiple levels like even with my ethnicity Mm -hmm. it feels important for me to be a safe person to myself right and do you want to break that down i mean for those of us who could break it down oh i'm half japanese half white i don't like saying half anymore because it's not really that it's not like that 50 50 it's whole i am a hundred (laughs) i am both i am both yeah and that kind of which we Oh, this is going to be another podcast podcast, on being simultaneous, I feel like, is a whole other concept. Stay tuned. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that part of it is like being a safe person for myself, but also being able to embrace somebody without hurting them. Right. (laughs) Like being able to get a hug emotionally, psychologically. Like as a metaphor. Physically. Yeah, as a metaphor. But also real. A hug. But also real. Yeah. Everybody loves a hug. No, actually, I didn't. I didn't like a hug because of... Yeah. We both were not huggers as children. Not a hugger. Yeah. Now? Huggers. And part of that is, like, was trauma. And so I think becoming... Connectedness is so important for... That's what we were made for. We were made to be connected to each other and to God. Yeah, we were designed for connection. Like, our bodies were designed for connection. To God, also. He was like, I'm going to try these other containers. Like, we've got an ark. We've got mm-hmm. a temple. And then he was like, he was like, no, no, no. People. Like, that's what he wanted the whole time. Like, Jesus was the perfect human because he held God, like, perfectly. That's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Jesus probably knew how to compost. Oh, yeah. He probably did. Yeah, he probably did. Of course he did. He had Holy Spirit. Um, Okay, I want to touch on one other thing just to bump it up, bump it out a couple notches. Zoom out. Zoom out. That's the word. I was looking for a word and there it was. Zoom out to more larger scales. Big time. What does it look like to, because as an individual, we just talked about what it looks like to address basically address brokenness and address what's rotten or let let what's rotten play 
Just let it it lie. Just Just let let it it, lie. Let it be there. Um, And feel it. And if you I'm kind of, <laughs> while we're like living in this, yeah, if you want to, everything's a choice. I think it's worth it. Super worth it. But you have to choose it. Also, it sucks. So you really have to choose it. Commit it hard. Suck. Moving through negative emotions is painful. But I think, so zooming out again. <laughs> zoom. <laughs> zoom. Everybody's been on Zoom lately, huh? <laughs> I'm tired of Zoom. I know, me too. Zoom fatigue. All right, zoom out. This is part of the reason I have Zoom fatigue is because when you zoom out, all these systems are also run. That's what I wanted to talk about is um, composting systems. A rotten system. Yes. There's systems that were created to cause harm and were created to oppress. And we're very familiar (laughs) Very, very familiar. So I just want to talk a little bit about that. What does it look like to repurpose pieces in composting systems that are broken? And is that even possible? Yes. <laughs> I believe that it is possible, but I also feel like I would rather choose to believe it's possible because the outcome is hopeful. Like if I didn't think that was possible... I feel like I would just be like a self-destructing tornado, like ripping through people and systems, you know, because I'm like, so much is wrong. But I think the belief that there's actually more is like, has to do with choosing. I think it goes back to the analogy of the building, like choosing to tear down or like break apart in a way that's helpful because then you can actually take those pieces and rebuild. So like when people break down a house or even when there's like a dilapidated building, which kind of feels like what the church is right now, you know, Mm -hmm. like you take that dilapidated building and you're like, wow, there's actually some really beautiful history. There's some really, really ugly history. But right now what I have access to is this like one door, you know, and I'm going to take this door because it's valuable and it still works. And I'm going to set it aside. And when I build my new house, maybe I'll put that door in there as like an element of, retaining the original goodness but leaving out the pieces that are broken so it's like you selectively you can like pick apart in a way that doesn't destroy things right you could take a win instead of smashing a window with a baseball bat and throwing it in a dumpster you could cut it out although some things do need to be destroyed right some things are already broken so that's part of it but like you're looking at broken or just plain Broken's the wrong word. Yeah. I think designed to be oppressive is probably more... Yes. Anything that's designed to be oppressive needs to go. And that's the reason that... Like white supremacy. White supremacy definitely needs to go. Paternalism definitely needs to go. Like, all these things... I mean, there's so many levels. They've infiltrated the church, society... Infiltrated doctrine. Theology. Yeah. So it's like looking at things... Mm, Bad, bad. So there's... There's a piece of it that's really challenging because I'm looking at all of these things and I'm like, wow, the more I learn about white supremacy, the more I see it right here in something that I used to believe in wholeheartedly, you know, or what I thought was wholeheartedly before I composted my brokenness. (laughs) But, (laughs) But now I'm like, okay, this is definitely not okay. I don't ascribe to that. I'm not going to include it in whatever I'm choosing to build. But at the same time, there are pieces that are really beautiful in the midst of that. So choosing to break something apart piece by piece, for example, when we're like deconstructing 
theology, right? There's like questions that we ask, like, are people, can you go a day without sinning? That was the first question I ever asked about, <laughs> about theology. And, and for me, it wasn't like, I think you can go a day without sinning. So all of this is a sham. I need to rip the house down. You know, like, that's not what I did. Instead, I was like, God, this feels kind of weird. And I don't really know what's wrong with this, but what do you think? And then I felt like he was like, yeah, you can go a day without sinning. And I was like, okay, well, that actually affirms a lot because I remember as a kid being like, I'm pretty sure I didn't sin today, but I don't know, maybe I had a bad thought one time. <laughs> I can't remember, you know? But I think that allowing him to speak into something and then being able to hold that in addition to all these other things that like, I don't know if they're right or wrong right now. And that's okay because I'm going to break them apart one by one with Holy Spirit. And I think the part where you don't like tear something apart the part where we like break it down in a way that's makes it able to be used again is doing it with Holy Spirit. Because if we remove God from anything that we're doing, then we can never use it to build something for God again. But if we involve him in every step of our process, then we can actually rebuild with him also. And he can take things that are like, he's the healer, you know, like he can take things. That are broken <laughs> and he can like repurpose them into something different you know he's the craftsman and we can let him do that but I think we need to involve him how do you sort through like sorting through some of the things that clearly cannot because things like white supremacy or paternalism mm-hmm. have infiltrated ideologies and Mm -hmm. infiltrated doctrines and infiltrated how we interpret scripture or Mm -hmm. um how do you do do that and people who ascribe to these things or in agreement with those things how does how like Like there's a fragility there where if you they, is it really about how you deliver the message or is it about the quality of your message? I think it's about being the message. That's good. That same because one. I think that, and this also ties back to choosing to address my own brokenness first, but my job is not to walk around and tell people what's wrong or correct them. My job is to exist with Holy Spirit in the spaces where I walk. And because I exist in a place where I'm willing to step into hard things, I'm willing to address brokenness, and I'm willing to hold space for people's suffering, where I walk, I will be a confrontation because people will see me and they'll experience me and be like, I'm confused or that's different. What's going on? Like when I talk to someone who hasn't chosen to address their own suffering yet or like brokenness, People look confused sometimes or they're like, um, wow, like, what is that? Um, and I think it has to do with, one second, <laughs> I'm getting a call. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Speaking of people being confused, me right now. No, I'm not. Amen. Amen. I think it has to do with like, create there's dissonance when you see someone living in a way that you didn't know was possible and there's dissonance when you see someone responding in a way that you didn't know was possible 
So like when people watch, like when I watch Jasmine choose to confront her own brokenness and be like, whoa, you know? (laughs) So when I watched Jasmine choose to confront her own brokenness, I was like, what is going on? Like, I've never seen anyone. Like, I've, I'd heard stories about people who had done this or like some of my other friends, but I didn't like know the depth of it. But then with Jasmine, I was like, wow, this is really different. I've never heard anyone talk like this. And you kept, what did you keep saying? Like, shatter. <laughs> Shattered prism? No, no, you were like, shatter your jar. Oh yeah. And the concept is like, <laughs> if like the alabaster jar situation like if you're not willing to be shattered you have no oil to like put on Jesus's feet and I was like whoa like what does that even mean like what would it even mean to like address my own brokenness or like how do I even begin that process but then when moments came up where I responded in a way that I didn't like want to respond then I was like wait a second maybe there's something going on here that I can like explore and then when people what do you mean uh how do you recognize the moment that you um respond in a way that you don't want to respond in yeah I think now I have more language so I'm like oh these are my values and I'm responding like if something comes up and I respond in a way that's not in line with my values like for example if one of my values is authenticity and then I realize that I'm I started being fake in a conversation Like, now I would be like, oh, I'm behaving in a way that doesn't align with my values in my mind, you know? But at the time, I was just like, I feel weird. What's going on? Like, why do I... I started trying to pay attention, basically. And when I did that, then I started to notice, like, when I would shut down or when I would feel not okay in a social context. When do you want to leave the room? When do I want to walk away? When When do you not feel your body? When do I go on Instagram during a conversation? Ooh! (laughs) That's... Zing! I was like... Ooh. Or check my email now that I deleted Instagram. Mm. Not better. <laughs> but <laughs> Same concept. Same different, concept. Different when I would click around my phone and not actually do anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I would like try and distract myself. When was I trying to avoid something? So then in those moments when I'm like trying to disengage or not be present in a conversation because I feel well, I actually didn't know how I was feeling at the time. Now I'd be like, oh, I was trying to disengage because whatever they were doing was like hurting something in me or reminding me of something that hurt me. So now like I'd had friends who would ask me questions. Like once I started to be like, I'm super shut down right now. What's going on? And they'd be like, well, what are you feeling? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling. And they're like, okay, that's probably a sign I'm shut down. But I think that choosing to ask myself, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Is this proportionate to the situation? If it's not proportionate, there's a lot of times where I'll respond and I'll be like, that text message that I just sent did not relate to the conversation at all. Or like, I would feel like my, I would feel angry, like on an eight out of 10. But the text message was like, hey, can we chat about blah, blah, blah when we hang out today? And I like super angry on the inside. And then I was like, why am I so upset at something that's just completely nonchalant? And so in those moments, I'd be like, Holy Spirit, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? And like start to address. But I didn't even know that was an option until I saw someone else go through it. Hmm. So I think bringing it back, being who you are when you choose to step into wholeness and when you choose to like address your own brokenness and even just like sit in it 
creates a decision point for other people when they rub up against you because they're like, what's going on? Do I want to do that? It's like saying, this is available to you because I'm doing it. It's humans can do this. Do you want to do it or not? And it's it a living could, testimony, yeah, living it's, message. It's a living testimony, but it's also a walking confrontation because it brings up that decision point. So like once you see someone else doing it, then you can choose if you want to do that or not. And you get to pick. It's No one can pick for you, and it's a really hard choice to make, but it's also the best one, I think. That's good. Yeah. Well. As Tara would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's really good. We covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we could probably wrap it up. How do you want to wrap up? Mm, we can pray. This is Jasmine Vale. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. No? Well, we can pray. I'll add that in later. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, thank you. Thank you that composting is actually possible. That brokenness can be repur- repurposed. I don't even think that's the right word. I don't think it is either. Brokenness can Holy be... Spirit. Addressed. Held. And made whole. Yeah. It can be redeemed. Held. Held. Yeah. Amen. But the redemption is not in getting rid of it. Right. Which I think is what, like, I was told. Or what I imagined. It's like, oh, now I can be perfect. And it's like, yeah. nope. Now you can be exactly I think we're are. still... Our language is still being redeemed also. Because I think even just in this podcast... <laughs> I was like, whoa. I don't yeah. know if brokenness is the... Yeah. When you start trying to pray and you just keep getting rev. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> but actually, it feels like it feels a good like, end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love you guys.